You are listening to the Gateway Church in Spring Lake, Michigan. To learn more, visit us at thegatewaygh.com. Thank you for joining us. God's presence is here already. Anytime two or three are gathered, the presence of God is with us. And worship was great this morning, and we're excited. And by the end of the service, we're going to be back into some worship. And uh, I've been praying, in particular, as we launch into a new series, that God would meet us. And I've been spending some extra time praying, asking the Lord to be with us uh, even more than normal. And I'm excited for what God has for us as a church. I believe as we take this next step in the journey uh, of the Gateway church that we are going to see and we'll be able to look back and see that there was something significant that happened in this season. Uh, from now through the end of June, uh, we're, we're going to be looking at an idea uh, that is very, very close to my heart. But before I get ahead of myself, uh, we've been journeying along since Easter and kind of with some purpose in mind. And let me just remind you kind of where we've been. At Easter, we presented the big question, what is our greatest need? And if anybody was here, you may remember that our greatest need is the need for forgiveness, the need for a Savior. How many remember that briefly, all right? Okay, about three of you. Okay, not too bad. If you're tuning in online, uh, join the three, and uh, that'll be good. No, seriously, we, we talked about this. That we, the greatest need is for forgiveness, for a Savior, and that's still the greatest need today. It's your greatest need. It's your neighbor's greatest need. It's your coworkers, your friends. It's the greatest need. Not a new car, not a new house, not a new job, not a new spouse, right? And we need a Savior. And Jesus is the answer to our greatest need. He's the right answer, right? It's his shed blood that makes all the difference. Then we took the next step and we said, okay, well, who is Jesus? And we asked that question, and we talked about that there are a lot of names associated with the name of Jesus, the things that could describe who Jesus is. And we know that there are benefits, and there's lots of benefits that come. We focused on, too, that Jesus is our Savior, and he's also King. And with being part of the kingdom of God, we are co-heirs with Christ. We are sons and daughters of the King. Now, I want you to turn your Bibles to 1 John. 1 John chapter 2, we're going to take kind of the next step. It's interesting to kind of set this up. In 1 John chapter 2, we see another description of who Jesus is. It says, My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate. Everyone say advocate. With the Father, Jesus Christ, the Righteous One. So not only is Jesus the Savior and the King, and there's you know, probably a hundred other illustrations describing who Jesus is, but right here we see that Jesus is our advocate. It carries the idea of a legal connotation as an advisor or a friend. And it's kind of a character witness, bringing wise counsel. And in, and in this case, it's the idea that he's fighting for our sin. He, he, he forgives us. He stands in 
for us. And it's interesting that before Jesus ascended into heaven, after the resurrection, he promised to send another comforter. Another of the same type, a comforter, an advocate, a helper, a friend. In John chapter 14, turn with me there. John chapter 14, in fact, if you've been following along with our soap reading, you should be right up to speed. In the last few days, we've read uh, 14, 15, 16, and these are great verses that are going to kind of set the stage for us. It's interesting how God set that up. But look what it says in John chapter 14. Verse 15 says, if you love me, this is Jesus talking, says, keep my commands and I will seek the father and he will give you another advocate, another advocate of the same kind is implied to help you and to be with you forever. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you. And look what it says, and he will be with you. He'll be with you. A little later in that same chapter, verse 25, it says, all this I've spoken while I'm still with you, Jesus talking with his disciples. But then it goes into verse 26, it says, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. And again, we've been reading this in our soap reading. And and so if you've been following, you read this over the last couple days. And for us at the Gateway Church, the next logical step from Easter and the resurrection and who Jesus is and we're part of the kingdom and all of those things is to experience the Holy Spirit. And over the next several weeks, we are going to get our mind around who is the Holy Spirit. What does the Holy Spirit do? What happens when the Holy Spirit shows up? And when does the Holy Spirit show up? And what about the gifts of the Holy Spirit? And we want to invite you and your friends and your family to discover the Holy Spirit. There's a discovery that's going to happen over the next several weeks. We're going to make room for the Holy Spirit. We're going to learn and we're going to understand. And hopefully we're going to honor the Holy Spirit. We're certainly going to worship Him and pray to and seek the Holy Spirit. We want to whet your appetite and to discover something new. I don't care if you are the the oldest saint here and you've been tracking along and you know a lot about the Holy Spirit. There's something new for you to discover. Or if you're brand new in your faith or maybe your faith tradition didn't really talk about the Holy Spirit so much. There's something for you to discover as well. Do you believe that? We want to discover how to open our lives to the Holy Spirit, to His power and His presence. Amen? And we want to discover what the Holy Spirit wants to accomplish in and through us. We want to discover how can we recognize and follow the Holy Spirit's leading. We're going to wrestle with these things. It's going to be a journey of discovery. 
And we want to build a case for the Holy Spirit to work in your life. You say, well, maybe this is for someone else. No, this is for every single one of us here. Now, when we talk about the Holy Spirit and when we say, oh, we're going to take some weeks and to do this, there are some of you inevitably that are super excited. You're saying, man, it's about time. In fact, I went back and I looked and I said, uh, when have we highlighted the Holy Spirit uh, directly in a series? And we did in 2009. So that was 10 years ago. We did in 2012. And since then, we've not done a specific series about the Holy Spirit. Now we've preached through the book of 1 Corinthians that talks a lot about the Holy Spirit. We've preached through the book of Acts. And other times we will certainly highlight the Holy Spirit because we do a lot of expository preaching here. But, but this is an, something exciting for, for many of you. You're saying, yes, it's about time. For others of you, you're saying, Whatever you preach, Pastor, it's good, and I'm going to be here, and it's going to be awesome. And, and so you're maybe indifferent. You're saying, Holy Spirit, you talk about Jesus, talk about the Colts, I don't know, whatever, you know, the Lions. Uh, you, know, you can do whatever you want, but uh, I'm going to be here, and you're indifferent. And then there's some of you, and let's just be honest, that you say, when we are going to discover the Holy Spirit, there's something that's happening inside of you. You're saying, ooh. That sounds scary, a little wacky. Aren't you afraid, Pastor, that attendance will suffer? I'm not so sure I want to bring my friends the next few weeks. And let me just say that the truth is when we highlight the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is especially for the unbeliever. And it's interesting that when, if you've got an unbeliever that you would con- that bring over the next few weeks, they are not going to be uh, weirded out at all. And partly because we are not going to allow anything crazy to happen here at the Gateway Church. We believe that everything should be done in a decent, orderly way. In decent and in order. Amen? And so we're going to highlight that. And it's our responsibility as a staff to kind of monitor that. And we're going to be very careful. But I do want to say, if it's God, we want it. Amen? If it's God, we want it. And this is a safe place to practice the presence of God. And we are going to encourage the flow of the gifts of the Spirit as we talk about them. And my heart, and I wrote it down, is that this is what kind of my prayer for this series. Lord, help us to attract and cultivate an atmosphere that attracts the presence of God. And over the next several weeks, that's going to be our prayer, my prayer, as we discover as we dive in. So we're going to do that. We're going to dive in this morning, and uh, today is going to be somewhat introductory. We want to talk about who is the Holy Spirit, and we're going to kind of scratch the surface a little, uh, answering that question, who is the Holy Spirit, and we'll also mention uh, what the Holy Spirit does, and so we'll kind of start to make some of that happen this morning, and I'm excited about it. But when we ask the question, who is the Holy Spirit, There oftentimes, uh, in many people's lives, there's confusion. And we can acknowledge that, that you say, well, I'm not so sure I know who the Holy Spirit is. 
On the flip side, maybe you've seen people that have highlighted the Holy Spirit almost in an elitist way, where you're thinking that like they're better than Christians. And like those that highlight the Holy Spirit, maybe they're at a different level. And that is unfortunate. In fact, if you've ever felt less than because of your lack of knowledge or your lack of experience with the Holy Spirit, I want to apologize on behalf of the church. Because the Holy Spirit we're going to see, is a perfect gentleman. And he wants to know you deeply. But it's normal to struggle with identifying with the Holy Spirit. In fact, our former uh, general superintendent, Dr. George O. Wood, he said this, and he's kind of wrestling with this idea that it's, you know, identifying with the Holy Spirit can be difficult. He said this, his first name, the Holy Spirit, uh, his first name is holy, which means perfect. He says, and if I'm, if I'm honest, I don't identify with perfect. How many of you can identify with that statement? You're like, ah, uh, that's not me. I'm just going to wait. <laughs> there you go. So it's like, okay, his name is holy, which means perfect. I'm not really identifying with that so much. And then it goes on. It says his last name is spirit, which means invisible, so we can't see him. So he's per, it's this perfect and invisible. And it kind of gets to the point that it's tough to identify initially with the Holy Spirit. So where should we start? How many have ever heard of the term the Trinity? The Trinity. Yes, you have. Right. And it's interesting that this is not a term that's in the Bible it's hard to talk about the Holy Spirit without talking or discussing the Trinity. And it's a principle that is represented in Scripture. It's revealed in Scripture from Genesis all the way through Revelation. And it's, an, it's a word that was invented by theologians to help explain the nature of God. And we want to get our mind around the Trinity and to try to understand that. And when we talk about the Trinity, it's important for us to go to a scripture from the Old Testament, Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4, that says this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. This is important. We serve one God. The Lord our God is, say it with me, one. One God. And in the Old Testament, the term that's used is Yahweh. In fact, it was such a holy and a reverent term, they wouldn't even write out the word in its entirety. They would just use a couple symbols to describe who Yahweh was. Church, we are monotheistic. And what that means is that we serve one God. And that was a huge contrast in Scripture. There were many others, the Egyptians and the Canaanites and the Philistine, to name a few, uh, that were polytheistic. There were gods everywhere. And the, the Israelites, their God, there was one. And that was quite different. And it's the same today. You look at the world religions. And I've traveled all over uh, the world. And, and I've, it's been a while. But I've been in many places where, where gods are everywhere. But we serve one God. God is one. But his nature is so superior to us that when we understand scripture, 
he is revealed to us as three eternal, distinct persons. The Trinity. And when we talk about the Trinity, we're talking about God the Father, say it with me, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And there's a lot of different things that, uh, that people will try to get their mind around. The Trinity, the Trinity, they'll say, oh, the Trinity is like an egg, right? There's three parts, but it's one egg, right? The shell and the yolk and then the, the white, right? Or some people will say, oh, it's like an apple. We've got the, the peel on the outside. Then we've got the meat, and then we've got the seeds. That's like the Trinity. Or the Trinity is like the, uh, maybe like uh, water, where there's three states. There's solid, a frozen state, a liquid, and then a gas. And in all of these examples, and maybe you've heard others, all of those fall short in describing the nature, the true nature of the Trinity, the nature of God. And we're not here to, to necessarily understand uh, how, try to figure out all about the Trinity today, but I do want to take a step through each of these things. The first is God the Father. And it's perhaps the easiest for us to relate to. You say, why is that? Well, uh, how many, let me just see, show of hands, how many of you have a dad? Whether you knew him or you didn't know him, whether he was a hero in your life or maybe your dad was a dud, I don't know. We all have a dad. You didn't raise your hand when you said dud, did you? Thanks. That's my son. <laughs> Everyone has a dad. Now, we, will got, we have to be careful not to project our uh, negative experience, but we understand God the Father Abba, Father, Daddy, God, so to speak. That's the first part of the Trinity. And that's easy, probably the easiest to relate to. We can do that. The second is God the Son. We can identify with the second person of the Trinity. And the second person is Jesus, God's Son. And we talk a lot about Jesus around here. He's pretty important. He's always the answer, right? Jesus he identified with our humanity. John chapter 1, verse 14, it says that he became flesh and he dwelled among us. There's this idea that Jesus, when he walked on earth, he became like us in human form. He was fully God, fully man, God the Son. Plus, how many of you have ever seen a picture of Jesus, right? Like we all can get something in our mind, right? Maybe a painting or, or something like that. It's easy to envision or to relate on some level to who God the Son might be. But when it comes to God the Holy Spirit, it's like, huh, we might draw a blank. And there may be some misconceptions, bad teaching, or maybe some extremes that you've heard or, or that have caused some confusion. And then when you look and kind of dive into Scripture, you see that the Holy Spirit is described as a dove and as oil and as fire and as wind and as water. And you go back to Dr. Woods, his statement that he's perfect and he's invisible and has anyone ever seen a picture of the Holy Spirit? Anyone tried to draw that? It's like you can't, you can't relate, right? There's no visuals. So then we try to define the Holy Spirit by his activity. 
And as a way of introduction, though, what we want to say is that we, the Holy Spirit is a person just like the Father and the Son. The Holy Spirit is God himself. And we can personally interact with him. In fact, let me just ask, when's the last time that you've interacted with the Holy Spirit? Where you, maybe you've prayed, I love you, Holy Spirit. Or maybe you've said, thank you, Holy Spirit. Or maybe you prayed too, specifically, to the Holy Spirit. Or you worshiped the Holy Spirit. Now today we sang, the last song we sang, kind of acknowledged the Spirit's presence. And we said, Spirit, come. So if you were singing along with us, you're ahead of the game. But for some, those concepts are foreign. They're not part of your everyday But what I want you to know is that the Holy Spirit is God's personal spirit. Who is the Holy Spirit? He is God. He's as much God as the Father. He's as much God as the Son. The Bible describes the Holy Spirit. In fact, we're going to share these next few slides um, on Facebook uh, this week. But let's just go there. Uh, The Holy Spirit is described as the Spirit of God, the Spirit of the Lord, The good spirit, the Holy Spirit. Next slide. My spirit in Joel chapter 2, verse 28. The Lord's spirit, the spirit of truth, the spirit of Jesus. The next slide. He's the life-giving spirit. He's the God's, it's God's spirit, the one and only spirit, his Holy Spirit. One more slide. The spirit of his son. It's his spirit, the spirit who makes you holy. And then even in Revelation 1-4, there's a sevenfold spirit. We're going to post those online, and you can go to each of those verses and and spend some time reading and kind of understanding the context here. The idea here is that the Bible describes the Holy Spirit. The point is that we are talking about the supernatural spirit of the one and only God. It's God's personal spirit. You say, well, what does the Holy Spirit do? It's a good question. Turn with me to John chapter 16. Again, if you're following along in our soap reading, which I hope you are, In John chapter 16, verse 15, this is after Jesus is talking about the Holy Spirit. In fact, uh, 14, 15, and 16 is the longest discourse of Jesus talking about the Holy Spirit. But uh, in verse 6, or chapter 16, kind of starts by saying, When the the advocate comes, uh, whom I will send from your... Uh, from the Father, the Spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. That's actually chapter 15, verse 26. Verse, uh, chapter 16, verse, uh, let's see, where do I want, verse 7, but I truly tell you, it is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the advocate, that's the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Verse 13, but when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth, right? And then in verse 15, it says, all that belongs to the Father, this is Jesus talking, he's talking, saying, all that belongs to my Father, Father God, God the Father, is mine. That is why I said, the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. 
What this verse is doing, it's revealing who God is and how he works and how the Holy Spirit works. Now, if you've been in any kind of leadership circles, maybe you've, you've read some leadership books, uh, there's a guy, his name is John Maxwell. He talks about the law of the lid. And the idea is that you can only uh, take people as far as you are willing to learn and to grow and that you are the lid in an organization. And, and so you've got to continue to increase your lid. You've got to increase your knowledge so you can take other people with you. It's called the law of the lid. Are anybody familiar with that? Anyone ever heard of that? A few of you have for sure. Well, Tim Enloe, who is kind of a specialist about the Holy Spirit, he uses that idea, and he says that there's a ceiling in the natural realm in, in, in regards to human ability. In fact, what we see here is that there's a ceiling. There's kind of a lid, and a human ability is kind of below that. There's natural wisdom. There's natural skill. There's natural uh, awareness. And, and we, we, he, he talks about this, and it's important that we can only go so far as humans in regards to our knowledge. And, and, you know, there's a lot of advancements in history, and uh, certainly in the last hundred years, uh, you look at aerospace and science and engineering and education, education and research and these types of things, but there are limitations to how much the human mind can know. There's a lid, kind of like the law of the lid, with John Maxwell. But in contrast to that, let's go to the next slide, there's God's ability that's above that. That's supernatural wisdom. There's supernatural skill. There's supernatural awareness. God's ability is endless. He knows all from the beginning to the end, and God is, is an incredible creature. Try to get your mind around it, and it'll make your mind spin. And the good news is that God wants to help us through that natural realm into our realm where we live every single day. Now the question is, what does the Holy Spirit do? That's what we're trying to get our mind around. And in verse six, chapter 16, verse 15, let's read it again. It says, all that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said to the Spirit... Uh, that the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. Now go back to that, that previous slide if you could. What we see here is that Jesus, he takes all that the Father has for us above the line, and by the ministry of the Holy Spirit, he breaks through or punctures the barrier, and he reveals to us whatever we need from God. That's what the Holy Spirit does in a nutshell. We receive all that God has for us through the Holy Spirit. It's this breakthrough idea. And church, we desperately need the Holy Spirit. Think about it. Some of us are parenting. We need the Holy Spirit as we parent. Some of us are in business. You're saying, man, I need the Holy Spirit's help. In school and in marriage, in relationships, we desperately need the Holy Spirit. And there are three main supernatural works of the Holy Spirit. We want to hit 
on this morning. The first is purification. It's the process of making something pure. And we see that in salvation and then also in the lifelong process of becoming holy. Now, there's two theological terms around that. The first is justification. That's that first piece of salvation. When you receive Christ as your personal Savior, it's just as if you never have sinned. That's justification. The second is sanctification. That's the process that we all go in, and it's like we are learning to be more like Christ, and it's a lifelong journey. I, I've never heard this illustration until this week when I was studying, but uh, someone described this purification piece of the Holy Spirit kind of like uh, when you, if you have a pool at your house, and at the beginning of the season, maybe some of you are opening up your pools at your house, you have to shock the water and uh, with like this super concentrated uh, uh, cleaner. How many know what I'm talking about? Right? You've heard that before. You shock it. And then there's ongoing chlorine that you have to add on a regular basis, maybe every couple days. And so you know, the same idea of this purification, like there's a shock at the beginning, salvation, and then this ongoing. Romans chapter 8, verse 13, the next, next verse on the slide. I love this. It says, for if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if the, by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. We've all struggled with sin. We all know that, that. And it's like the Holy Spirit comes alongside of us. He's the one that convicts us. He's the one that is a purifying uh, nature, right? It's that purification. And what we see here is that not only at salvation, but in our lives moving forward through sanctification, we put to death the deeds of our sinful nature by tapping into the power of the Holy Spirit. It's one of the things that the Holy Spirit does. It's the first supernatural work. The second supernatural work is the, not only purification, but this idea of supernatural revelation. And it's the second major ministry of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit loves to reveal things that will assist us in fulfilling God's will. Again, he breaks through that barrier from that slide previous. And in John chapter 14, 15, and 16, it's the longest recorded teaching on Jesus in the Holy Spirit, about the Holy Spirit. And there's a revealing nature that we see over and over in regards to the Holy Spirit. In fact, there's some things in chapter 14 and 15 and 16. Let's look at them here. The Spirit leads into all truth, John 14, 17. He's with you. He's in you, John 14, 17. Again, he teaches you everything. He reminds you of everything. That's what Jesus said in John 14, 16. He, come, he will come to you from the Father. Next slide, right? He will testify about Jesus he convicts the world. This is the Holy Spirit. He, the Holy Spirit guides you into all truth. Next slide. He tells you what he has heard in chapter 16. He'll tell you about the future. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He breaks through that barrier. He brings Jesus glory. And then it also says that the Holy Spirit will tell you whatever he receives from Jesus. That's the, that verse 16 or 15 in chapter 16. 
every one of these promises, and we'll post these online as well so you can kind of dig into these verses, be looking for those in the next few days. Every single one of these promises, every verb there is about revelation. The Spirit leads and guides us into all truth. And you think, think about it. Who needs that? We all desperately need the revealing nature of the Holy Spirit. You need it. And it's only by the Spirit can we understand the things of God. Think about it. In your work situation, in your school situation, in your friend situation, in your life period, to be able to be revealed, it's huge. The third is a supernatural ability. So not only the purification and then the revelation, but there's supernatural ability as well. And it's aimed, uh, all aims at effective ministry. Jesus said before he ascended into heaven, he said, uh, go and make disciples of all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And the disciples are saying, well, how in the world are we going to do that? You might read that verse and you take that personally, which I think we should. And you say, how are we going to accomplish this, this idea? It's too big. It's above my pay grade, so to speak. It's above my ability. And then Acts chapter 1-8, it kind of gives us the answer. It says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witness in Jerusalem and Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And so it's not in our power, but it's the power of the Holy Spirit breaking through that barrier, so to speak. And so we wait for the Holy Spirit. And the truth is, we're all going to need it. We, our human ability has some serious limitations. And in that third area, when you think about supernatural abilities, it's incredible. And it's 100%, the Holy Spirit is, about helping others. It's 100% about ministering to others. Acts 1.8, the, the idea, people who already were following Christ, they, he said, wait, and when the Holy Spirit comes on you, the Holy Spirit already indwelled in them. They are, were already following Christ. But the Holy Spirit would come on them and they would be witnesses to the ends of the earth. And the same is true for us. And now, Acts 1.8, they will be empowered with more ability to do more outward ministry. The Holy Spirit gives confidence. He gives resources and he punctures through, let's go back to that previous slide, through the ceiling of limitations, right? The whole God's ability connects with a human ability. It's through the Holy Spirit. And he supplies divine resources for us to tap into. The Holy Spirit helps us do what the Lord has called us to do. Some people call it the anointing of the Holy Spirit or maybe spirit baptism, and it's all connected to that abilities. And it is exciting, and there is a lot to discover. And so we're going to take some weeks to be able to do this. In fact, Mary, if you could come, uh, one of the, the 
ministry specialist about the Holy Spirit. His name is Tim Enlow. Uh, I've used his resources for a lot of years uh, when, we've, when I've talked about the Holy Spirit. He said this. He said, ministering in the power of the Holy Spirit does not always come easy. And that, that is the truth. He says, it's a lifelong learning process that requires overcoming pride, overcoming fear, overcoming doubt, and indifference. And so I don't know where you are in the spectrum. Maybe you're indifferent. You're saying, you know, whatever, you know, Holy Spirit, I I don't really care. Or maybe you've got some doubts around the Holy Spirit, or maybe there's some fear, or maybe on the other side, there's maybe an unhealthy pride, and there needs to be some humbling in the process. He says it's a lifelong learning process that requires these things while simultaneously growing in your relationship with Jesus, with with God himself. And so it's kind of a growing in your relationship with the Lord while you're overcoming some of these other issues. And we as a church, we're going to take some time to get our mind around these things. And the reason is because the need in our culture, the need today for our Holy Spirit to be at work in our lives is so great. It comes back to the reason why we exist as a church. It comes back to why we were called to, to, to create a, a new facility to, as a tool to reach the, you know, not only the lakeshore, but to the nations. And the reason it's so important is because our ability in reality is nothing without the Holy Spirit. We cannot afford, we should not afford to ignore one-third of the Godhead. The reality is there is more of the Lord that he wants to give us. It's through the power of the Holy Spirit. And we want to break through, and that's going to be important. So let me just kind of set up kind of where we're headed over the next several weeks. So to give you some expectation. Through the end of June, we'll be kind of focusing on the Holy Spirit. One of the things we've done is we've created, I've asked Pastor Bobby to create a playlist on Spotify that all of us can get access to for free, and we're going to post that tomorrow, where we want you to be listening to the same music. Uh, It's kind of like, you know, if you're working out and you've got kind of a pump up, you know, music or like running music, I'll put on the same music over and over. It's kind of that, that idea. But when you spend time with the Lord, we want you to be playing this these few select songs and let them get into your soul. And, and so we're going to encourage you to do that and listen every day to that playlist when you're reading, you're doing your soap reading or you're spending some time with the Lord. Or maybe you, you plug it in and you're driving to work and that's the music that we want uh, maybe to eliminate some other things. And we believe that that is going to kind of prepare our hearts along with the Word of God, of course. There's also, we can expect a few special Sundays coming up. Next week is one, we're going to do missions in the Holy Spirit. And our guest speaker next week uh, is incredible. Uh, he's one of our finest missionaries, uh, Mike Clark. And he. we've asked him to talk about the role of the Holy Spirit in creating this missions outlook. And he's going to do a great job on that. A couple weeks after that is Pentecost Sunday. Uh, June 9th, I believe it is. 
That's going to be a special day as well. Also, I want to put on your calendar, we'll get this out there for you, June 12th, it's a Wednesday night. We are, as a congregation, as a family, as a church, we are going to come together on a Wednesday night with the youth group. It's not youth night. It's going to be family night for all ages across the board. We'll have child care for everybody, um, and, but then our elementary students will be with us in the service. We're going to have a service of testimony and of sharing, and uh, the staff and I, we are going to lead that night, and we're going to create some extra room to receive respond to the Holy Spirit coming off of Pentecost Sunday. And then we're also going to be posting some things along the way on our website or on Facebook. Uh, you'll want to be looking. We want to kind of give you other material throughout the week for you to kind of continue to grow in your knowledge and understanding. And so this is going to be an important season for us. And again, it goes back to the idea that we need the Holy Spirit take God's ability and connect that with human ability. And there's a lot to discover. The last thing I'll say is that each week we're going to create some room at the end of the service for altar response. And there's a theme song that we're, uh, that we sang earlier. It's called Breakthrough. And we talk about breaking through that chasm from God's ability to human ability. But this song also talks about capturing uh, the power, the presence of God, breaking strongholds, shaking the walls. And it's, it's a really powerful song. And we're going to also, you know, each week we'll be kind of using that song as, as an idea. But what I'd like to do this morning is to just pause here for a second. The worship team, they can come and join me on the stage. But if you're here today... And you're saying, Pastor, <laughs> um, this is all new to me. I want to encourage you to give us the next few weeks of your life and wrestle with us in exploration. For others of you, you're saying, man, this is great, a great reminder. And I just believe that when you, we highlight the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, when you give him room, he will respond. He will meet us. And so my expectation is high for all of us. And for some, I know you're thinking, man, this is maybe a little scary. Maybe this isn't the way that I grew up. Maybe my faith tradition to this point didn't include an emphasis on the Holy Spirit. I want to just encourage you to bear with us, to give us a few weeks and see if the Holy Spirit reveals himself second supernatural work because I believe in every single one of our lives the Holy Spirit desires to break through to make the difference to come from that human ability to our ability and he makes us better so we can be better to reach the lost so this is what I'm going to do I'm going to ask that you just stand right where you are and I'm going to ask that you close your eyes I'm going to say a quick prayer we're going to dive into this song, and then we're going to respond at a certain point in the song. And what the response is going to be is if you are open to learning, open to experiencing all that God has for you, no matter what your past has been, the response, and I'll, I will get there in the song, 
uh, and I'll kind of call, call you out at that point. We're going to ask that you would move to the altar as a, you say, man, do I have to step out? No, you don't have to, but it's, it's a first step saying, okay, God, I desire everything you have for me. Everything you have for me, Lord. And when we talk about this, we go back to the beginning of the message. If it's God, I want it. My prayer for you is that if it's God, that you would want it as well. Lord, I pray as we set our hearts before you, as we experience this song, but we experience these next few weeks, Lord, I pray that there would be a stirring inside of us that will make the difference. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship the Lord together. What I'd like you to do all across this place, front to back, would you just lift up your hands to the Lord? I'm going to just lead us in a prayer. And if you agree with this prayer, I just believe that it's going to set you up for the best six weeks of your life. Say, dear Lord, fill me with everything that you have to overflowing. Help me to learn to discover your Holy Spirit in a new way. Move in my life. I give you permission to have your way in me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's a bold prayer. Father, I pray that as we, as your people, will gather over the next several weeks, God, that you would move in this place like you've never moved before. Do something fresh. Breathe fresh anointing, fresh power. Strengthen us. Break through, Holy Spirit. so we can be more effective for you. Have your way, Lord, in us. Hallelujah. And a couple quick things. I'm going to encourage you to tune out other distractions over these weeks. The Holy Spirit playlist is going to post tomorrow, and I want to encourage you to get there to Spotify. It's free, no cost to you. And you can listen along and just kind of be saturating yourself with, with great worship that's going to be meaningful. Do it in your time with the Lord, while you're driving, wherever you're listening to music. Let's fill our minds with that. Also be checking our Facebook, the Gateway page, and our website for additional content that we're going to kind of feed. We want to bring you additional things along the way because we know that this is a big topic and we're not going to be able to accomplish everything on Sunday mornings. So there's some things that we'll be posting along the way. And just even some of the slides that we're, we're doing today, there's a lot of scripture, and we want to we wanna bring that. And then carve out Wednesday the 12th. It's going to be a supernatural night. It's going to be fun to be together. Hearing from Rachel and Bruce and Bobby and myself, and it's just going to be a great, great night. 
not going to want to miss that. Hallelujah. Let me pray, and then we'll be dismissed. Lord, we know that you desire. You desire our hearts. And God, we declare together that we're giving you everything. We open ourselves up to anything that's from you, Lord. And God, I pray that you would just reveal yourself. Lord, that you would purify us. And Lord, help us to grow in our ability with your power to make a difference in other people's lives. Lord, I pray that as we leave here, we understand that the enemy, he's, he will not be happy with the progress that will be seen. But Lord, we just declare that you are in control and we cast our cares on you. Lord, fill us up. Fill us up in Jesus' name. God's people said, amen, amen. I want you to turn, find someone, just uh, give them a high five or a hug, and uh, you are dismissed to go. God bless you. Go in the grace of God. Thank you for listening to this week's message from the Gateway Church. If you'd like to find out more about our church, such as service times, giving, and ways to get connected, visit us at thegatewaygh.com.